Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. All right, so it is uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery on board with us. Jordan and Kelsey are in studio. They brought some toys, a little show and tell, a little later in the program. Uh, gun control is the issue, uh, it, as it almost always is, but there has been a spate, Jordan, of shootings, and boy, they are really hot to trot to get something through. Take a stab at it. Will they do anything? Anything? I don't know. It feels more like they might be able to do something. My guess is it goes back to the what what they're referring to as universal background checks and some expansion and that. I don't know if they'll have enough traction from enough Republicans. Whether they need ten to be able to uh, to ramrod some stuff through the Senate, but. Uh, it feels a little different this time. It feels like you got a few Republicans that are getting a little waning, yeah. and and I, I I don't know. It's just uh, yeah. I I think something will get. I don't know if you'll get into any bans like the assault weapons ban that was. I don't even know if they could write it. I mean, it's they've been trying to get rid of sig braces for a decade now, and they have never <clears throat> figured out how to write it to make it to where they can get rid of that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if the the capacity exists, but I think you're starting to see more states, and that's the fear is the states start passing it, and then that just spreads over time, and each state passes more and more uh, uh, regulations to just get rid of stuff at the state level. Kelsey, I'm thinking uh, maybe a red flag law of some kind or maybe a magazine ban for normal magazines that they think are too big. Standard capacity. We call those standard capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah, the red flag laws are terrifying. That's that's crossing several lines that don't need to be crossed. Um, in no way, shape, or form should I be able to call law enforcement and say, hey, I think Jordan Hargrove's crazy, and they go, just show up magically. That's not okay. <laughs> well, it would be accurate. Uh, well, yes, but... <laughs> but for totally that different reasons. Correct, correct. <laughs> for reasons un unrelated. Um, oh, oh. Do you want me to clip that little section of audio out there? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Hargrove's crazy. <laughs> Perfect. It'll haunt her for a lot. Him, both, all of us. All right. I know. I'm good with it. All right. So it's a school shooting. It is particularly heinous. And so it is with that in mind that Democrats are ever so anxious uh, to, to pass something. Uh, here is a young man that uh, he, he's not buying into it at all. The right is full of cowards, but the left is just full of sick people. People will go at great lengths to politicize and weaponize a tragedy. I want to address the leftists out there that think this is a gun problem. We've had guns here since the dawn of time, but only in the last 20 years have we had mass shootings. Every single year it gets more difficult to get a rifle, but every single year we see more mass shootings. But please explain to me how this is a gun problem and not a mental health problem. And you sick bastards, the one that say, how many children need to die before you give up your second amendment? All of them. Is that what you want to hear? Is that the sound clip you're looking for so you can dunk on the right-wingers? Nobody's out to solve problems anymore. It's all about dunking on the political opposition. To the right-wingers out there saying maybe it is time for gun control. Here's a PSA for everybody that doesn't seem to quite understand the purpose of the Second Amendment. Second Amendment's not for hunting. It's not for the range. It's not for self-defense. Second Amendment is leverage against your government. It's a dead man switch. Purpose of the Second Amendment is to live free or die. To the lefties, oh, you think you stand a chance against the military? No, I don't. I'm not stupid. Push came to shove, an AR-15 is nothing compared to an F-35. If it really came down to it, the first Marine who was a decent shot would probably take me out. The point is that they would have to take me out, that I will go down swinging. And most people are tired of saying that what happened is an absolute tragedy. 
you hear the details of what actually happened in Texas, it's pretty tough to imagine. Even if I thought that abolishing the Second Amendment would somehow stop all school shootings, I still wouldn't do it because I'm not some emotional single-issue voter. You can't just look at single issues in a vacuum. You have to look at them with respect to everything else. There are more kids die every year sniffing fentanyl than being shot by an AR-15, but you'll fight to keep that southern border open. More Americans die at the hands of illegal immigrants, but you'll fight to keep that southern border open. So are you really about saving lives, or is it just about disarming your political opposition? After JFK, we beefed up security for politicians. After 9-11, we beefed up security at airports. All these tragedies throughout history, and we beef up the security at the places where they occur. Except for schools. There are 380,000 unemployed veterans in the United States. Most of them are working age, but a lot of them have problems because they feel like they don't have a place in society. They don't feel like they have support, and they don't feel like they have a purpose. So maybe instead of sending $40 billion to fund a war on the other side of the world, or spending more money so that children can learn about their teachers' kinks, we could instead put two veterans that are already well-trained in every school that would happily lay down their lives to protect those kids. Wow. That was, uh, that was pretty strong. And I, I was impressed because this kid looks like he's uh, maybe in his 20s at, at, uh, at, at best. Believe it or not, of all platforms, that was on TikTok. <laughs> and they yeah. haven't taken it down yet. I actually just saw it. I think it was yesterday. Yesterday or the day before. Yeah. It's it was, impressive. It was. And, you know, it, he said something that nobody else was willing to say uh, out loud. Uh, and that is, it doesn't matter what the bad guy does. Taking away our guns is not the option. You know, everybody wants to, you know, try and kind of soft pedal this, but he's right. The purpose of owning a firearm isn't to go hunting. It's not to protect us uh, from the thief down the street. It's to defend the country when a tyrannical government takes over. That's the point of the Second Amendment. And it doesn't matter how many kids get killed in school, and I know that sounds horrible, because there are other solutions to prevent that. But that's never going to be an excuse to take away guns. And that, it sounds harsh, but he's right. Uh, you know, I don't want to see any children ever get hurt in school. Somebody's going to take this out of context. I know it'll it'll end up on some left-wing website. But the fact is, we have other ways to protect our children than to take away the guns that are there so that we can protect the republic. I think that's the translation. Uh, disagree, agree, comment? I think, well, especially in this situation, um, a maybe slightly morbid way to look at it, it took the cops over an hour to get inside that building. He could have walked in with a freaking pocket knife. It it. Unless the response changes, it doesn't matter what he had in that building. One, he never should have been in the building, but that's the whole other part of that situation. But, yeah, without help there immediately, it doesn't really matter what he walks in with. It's still going to be a bloodbath. You know, there are so many conflicting stories uh, about that shooting in Uvalde that it's, it's, um, it's like, oh, no, no, wait, oh, that ain't right. No, that's not right either. It's hard to ferret out the truth based on what uh, what they've discovered because there's so many different stories. Right. I w but Jordan, sir, every time you hear, you know, right after that there was the shooting in Tulsa. Before that, there was the shooting in San in uh, yeah San Francisco, and then there was one in Buffalo. Do you cringe every time one of these things happen? 
I don't know if cringe is the right right <laughs> word. I mean, you see the the headlines and you're like, eh, gosh. And that's the type of thing that makes uh, makes things gain traction with politicians. Um, I don't think it changes the minds of 85% of the public, but uh, that is the type of thing that makes you go, oh, 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 this is going to make other people wane on looking for an easy thing to just do and then be done with it. Yeah. Um, but of course, yeah. see, that's that's exactly it. It's not that uh, I that I'm changing my mind. It's that I think the knee jerk reaction from the ill informed is likely to pass a law that ultimately hurts the republic. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the last assault weapons ban didn't. I think most people will agree, uh, especially when you look at stuff from uh, 10 years ago that looked at the assault weapons ban and what it did on quote unquote crime. It had really no effect um, on anything, the the uh, <coughs> high capacity magazines and the assault weapons and things like that. It really had no effect. Um, I just don't see how doing any of that will make any difference. Everybody says it's a mental health problem. I think it's more than that. I think it's more than just a mental health problem. I think you also have some huge societal problems. And, uh, you know, we, we, we addressed this in the early to mid-90s. Lots of experts addressed where we were heading with uh, the, the different things that were affecting our youth. Uh, Dave Grossman has some wonderful books, if you've never read them, on uh, teaching our kids to kill, on killings, and things like that that are, that are phenomenal. And you, you, you see the fruition of what we, <laughs> what we sowed back then. That had nothing to do with firearms. Nothing to do with firearms. If you get a chance, look up Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Um, I interviewed him probably 20 years ago, and I thought, oh, my God, this guy is on to something. Uh, then I, uh, Tim Oliver, as we all know Tim, uh, brought him to central Missouri, and I got to sit with my wife on a, uh, a presentation that he made. And this guy has his finger on the pulse. Uh, he really knows what's going on. Uh, and it, it's, it, you, you really need to go watch some of those videos. Anyway, uh, there was an exchange with Jerry Nadler, the porcine pile of poo, uh, that left him with a hum and a hum and a moment that is just beautiful. So what we're going to do here in just a couple of minutes is play that audio. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We've got uh, Kelsey on board and Jordan, uh, and they are from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. And I, I hope they're recognizing that I haven't uh, haven't mispronounced the name of that store uh, all morning. It's it's been perfect so far. Every good. Thank you very much, Kelsey. Good good, good job, buddy. Yeah, I thank you. Faith. There you go. I I. I'm on Jordan's side here this uh, this time. Uh, all right, so there was an exchange on Capitol Hill uh, dealing with uh, with 18 year olds, and this is uh, this right here in front of me. I have a six hour. Oh no, peach. this is the uh, this is the exchange that uh, was for Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, we've got a, a a congressman who's going through uh, this legislation about guns. And what they want to do would end up banning a lot of normal pistols that most of us carry. And as he goes through this list of guns and shows the magazine sizes and all that and why it doesn't fit, it gets to the end. And I'm not even going to play this now that I've described it. When it gets to the end, Sheila Jackson Lee says, I hope those guns aren't loaded. He was actually on a, like a Zoom call. He was home. She was on Capitol Hill. He was. Uh, she was actually afraid of the gun over the internet. 
I mean, how pathetic can you can you get? Uh, it's it just it's unbelievable. All right, we're gonna move on. <laughs> what? Good story. I, nope, good story. I talked to a lady yesterday that's scared of pictures of snakes. Is that the same? Yes. <laughs> it's like, a, what? It's exactly the same. By the way, I think uh, I think John Cornyn is going to uh, he's going to be the one that caves in the Senate and comes up with some kind of a bill. But I'll get to that in in just a few minutes. But listen uh, to this exchange with uh, uh, Jerry Nadler and uh, Thomas Massey. Brian, um, we recognize different ages for different purposes. We recognize 18 for the draft. We recognize uh, 16 for driving in some states. We recognize uh, uh, 21 for drinking. Um, so we recognize different ages for different purposes. That's, that's all I want to say. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Could I have a second to engage that? Certainly. Would, I'll would, yield to the gentleman from Kentucky. Would, would the chairman join me in co-sponsoring a bill to raise the draft age to 21? No. And, but the chairman feels that their brains aren't fully formed at 18, 19, and 20. The research does indicate that in certain respects, but the Selective Service uh, needs, I mean, if, if, if the country needs people, it needs people. It needs people whose brains aren't fully formed? In certain respects, yes. Uh, I yield back. <laughs> oh, I love that humming, humming a moment where he, he realizes he's got his feet firmly planted on both sides of the issue. Um, and then, and this is uh, also uh, a true, Jim Jordan from Ohio pointed this out, and I've, I've talked to Democrats that believe we should give the vote to 16-year-olds. And that 16-year-olds vote in other countries. I don't know which ones, but uh, apparently in some other countries. And that they're mature enough to decide who should run the United States. That's at 16 if they're mature enough to make that decision, Kelsey, I'd say they're mature enough to, uh, you know, to carry a gun. Uh, Maybe we should lower the age. Twelve. Twelve sounds great. <laughs> Twelve for everything. Twelve for everything. I don't know. It's it, it, it's kind of um, silly uh, to decide that uh, you can go to war uh, and, and command, you know, you can drive tanks, uh, fire all kinds of... Uh, really powerful weapons, uh, but you can't buy uh, a rifle. So let's take a look at that and see if it makes sense aside from the military. If 18-year-olds can't buy an AR-15 or a semi-automatic rifle, Jordan, wouldn't that make the world safer? I mean, this kid was 18 years old. But he just purchased the gun. What would happen, or the rifle, what would happen if, if he couldn't have purchased it? Wouldn't we all be safer? Well, that, that's your uh, armchair quarterback million-dollar question, isn't it? I, I don't think so. Maybe it would have taken him a minute longer to figure out what to do. But uh, n no. I mean, lowering that age, for, or sorry, raising, <laughs> raising that age from 18 to 21 is, I feel like that's probably one of the things they are going to push through. But I don't think it's really going to help. If you look at our who have been the shooters in these, what everybody has called the mass shootings, um, how old they were, what kind of access they had to firearms. I mean, the access to firearms doesn't make you a killer. Uh, uh, sorry, me and my children just talked about this with the amount of firearms I have in my house and the training that me and the kids and everybody go through. And you know, guess what? No one's ever been hurt by us. Uh, 
and it's not that access to it. So it's the mentality we have to to do something about. Well, uh, Kelsey, we don't let twenty one year olds go into Powderhorn Guns and Archery and buy a pistol, do we? 21-year-olds? Or, I'm sorry, 18-year-olds. <laughs> no, no. Nobody under the age of 21 can purchase a handgun from us. So, why not make that true for rifles as well? Well, and now, the number I heard was 25. They were trying to push everything to 25. And I'm like... The, the, I, it gives you the room to negotiate. That's why they I guess. It's just, it's frustrating. Because, you know, speaking as a person that was once 18 years old and went to college and did all that kind of stuff, um, I would have preferred to be able to access a handgun for self-defense um you know i was living by myself for a certain period of time i was on campus all hours uh, i had labs that would run sometimes as late as eight o'clock in the evening and i would be walking back to my vehicle by myself um whether i was parked at you know av14 trowbridge or whether i parked at hearns or whatever um made me a little bit nervous as an un- underage, quote-unquote, underage individual. So if we start pushing everything farther and farther and farther, aren't we technically just disarming people like that? Well, we Theoretically? accept... We accept and have accepted for years that 18-year-olds can't buy a pistol, right? I mean, I don't see a lot of people fighting it. I mean, I understand your point. You wish that, right. that you could have, but we don't see a lot of people fighting that rule. Well, luckily in Missouri, we have a possession law, too. So I could possess, now, can possess a handgun at 18, 18. but yeah, can't buy but, one. But, you know, why not do that with rifles? That just starts chipping away at <laughs> everything else. Why not, why not 21? Why not 25? Why not 35? Why not, you know, have mental health tests before you can buy a gun? Why not wait 10 days? Why not this, that, and anything else you can think of? Why don't we have mental health screenings in school? Well, I don't know about in school, um, but how about mental health screening before you buy a gun? But that means one individual can control your constitutional rights. Right. Well, you would expect them to. Well, what if we what if we uh, set it up so that uh, there are two individuals? Oh, is or that four better? or six. But with, well, well, in, if you put legal three? proceedings and put time on it, you know, you think of uh, what mental health holds that police departments can do. Uh-oh. Or the state of California. <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm looking for anything that makes sense that the left has been proposing. Good luck. Yeah, thank you for that, for that help. All right, we got so much more, including a police department auctioning off an AR. All on Gary on Gun. Welcome, glad to have you with us, glad to be with you. It uh, It's Powderhorn Guns and Archery on board with us today. They brought in some neat toys. We'll talk about that during show and tell in the meantime. Uh, the push on Capitol Hill, the knee-jerk reaction is try and find some kind of a law restricting the access to firearms uh, rather than <laughs> protecting the students. Uh, it is it's uh, it, it seems like such a wrong-headed way to look at this. By the way, uh, Kelsey, can we get Jordan a raise? I mean, look at his shoes. Look at his socks. He's got a half a pair of socks on. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give him a solid high five. You know, two more payments and he can get the sock to, to go up to the when, ankle. When I was uh, 10, these fit perfectly. And now <laughs> I'm certainly not going to throw them away. He can just poke his hole or his toes through the little holes on the end that I've worn through and then they'll pull up higher. I yeah, feel, bring, it a, yeah. bring it up to the heel and, I, and let it go at that. I feel attacked. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Good. All right. Um, so is there any law that anybody can think of that would have 
change the outcome of any of the events we've seen in the last couple of weeks? Well, obviously, murder's already illegal, so... No. Oh. But, you know, that, that's the loaded question with the, uh, what people have referred this to is, if you had the magic wand, um, and let's say you had that magic wand and you removed every firearm that's ever in the United States ever, could you have prevented that stuff? Now, we know we can't do that, but could you have prevented that stuff? I, no, probably not. Maybe. Well, we know that. But that's, that's fantasy. That's, you can't get rid of this many firearms and do things like that. Well, we know, and I just read a story about Australia, uh, I think it was a week before last, uh, that they were, uh, law enforcement were melting down, I think it was two tons of firearms uh, that they had uh, that they had gotten. Uh, and, and these are, you know, illegal in Australia, not allowed to buy them, sell them, or, or possess them. And I'm wondering, where did they come from? <laughs> How did they magically end up with two tons of them? Uh, because clearly the bad guys don't care. And Canada, uh, we just saw what they did up in Canada. They yeah. they pretty much uh, banned everything. But it wasn't too long ago that they passed a a, a, a law to get rid of the AR-15s, uh, kind of a buyback thing. And in the entire of Canada, they got like 245 AR-15s turned in. I don't know about you two, but I'm not buying that there are 245 AR-15s <laughs> in all of Canada. I have I have met several Canadians, um, been to Saskatchewan, and those people are very like-minded to us. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, it's 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 kind of funny. It's kind of not. But it, talking to those people, they're like, eh, what are they going to do? Come take them. They don't know where to find us. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The boating accident thing. You know? <laughs> right. I think maybe if you had more laws uh, regulating the other things that we believe are the true cause of this, requiring school districts and police departments to have certain things in order, but you're not going to stop it. You might mitigate it. I think we all could agree. Now, there's not enough information about the recent shooting down there to really know what happened, but we have nothing on the books to require schools to spend a certain amount of money to do certain things. Um, we have no way to hold them responsible for when they're found violating anything uh, the things that we know to be terrible uh, the big question is what can we do when those kids are 12 13 14 15 and they're starting to uh, form this ability this desire to do damage to people what, what kind of law could you have to try to prevent and or work with those kids before this all becomes you take guns away from murdering kids you still got kids that want to murder is that okay what do you yeah. what do you do about that well you know one of the things that i argued uh, during the weekday program was that the federal government blackmails states all the time yeah. and the Department of Education blackmails schools all the time. Case in point, uh, just last week, the Department of Education threatened to cut money to any school that doesn't allow transgender males in the ladies room. So they know how to do this. So why do they not, with the billions of dollars that they've gotten from COVID and that they're giving to the schools, say, we're not going to give you any money until you find a way to harden your school, to make it more difficult for bad guys uh, to do what happened in, in Texas? They do it all the time. Why not do it for this? 
and, and I, I think it's because they don't want to. I think they want to use this as an excuse to go after the Second Amendment. But that's just that's just my opinion. Uh, if you guys want to weigh in on it, fine. If not, I'm going to move on. <laughs> I would say your biggest problem is how expensive it is. Uh, if you go around like Columbia here, most of the schools have been hardened. Um, but there is a huge amount of expense in putting in bulletproof glasses, steel doors that can't be bashed in, uh, locks that, that notify if any doors left prop open or if it's not locked, everything electronic. That That is serious money. And that's usually where the... The things die is when all of a sudden someone has to put forwards billions or trillions of dollars to do something. It all just goes away. Well, they do have, apparently, <laughs> multiple billions of dollars that they're giving away. Um, how about using that money to hire at least two armed resource officers uh, for all the schools? I would be 100% down for that as long as you hire the right people. Yeah. And it's all about the right people and in continuation, right? You can get it done today, but who's going to pay for it in 20, 30 years when all those guys have to make more money? And that's that's the hard part about doing all this. After Columbine, we had SROs in a lot of places. And I mean, good ones, ones that were willing to do what needed to be done. And uh, we moved away from that. And we got sometimes softer officers in there. We got sometimes uh, way and way fewer officers. It was, you know, you used to have one per school, and now it's, well, how about one for the high schools and one for the middle schools and one for the elementary schools? And well, what does that do for you? No, not a whole heck of a lot unless you get lucky. Yeah, one is just not enough. No. Uh, in Israel, you know, there's a, a theory going around, or, or not a theory, but a rumor that, that uh, all the uh, teachers, willing teachers, carry guns in schools there, but that's not really the case. Uh, but they do put people with AR-15s uh, on school grounds uh, in order to protect kids and, and serve as a deterrent. And apparently it has it's been very successful there. Uh, the other thing that I like is arming the teachers. Just anybody who wants to be, nobody should be compelled to be. I wouldn't want a gun in the hand of somebody who doesn't want yeah. uh, to fire a gun. But I think, you know, there are a couple of other things that, that we can be doing. One of the uh, one of the avenues that um, they're looking at going down, Kelsey, is uh, red flag laws. Uh, there's a story in political right now. Uh, Texas conservative turned Biden approved rational Republican on guns. If the Senate can't agree on a legislative response after the killings in Uvalde, Senator John Cornyn said it will be embarrassing. Uh, any gun safety deal Congress can pass after the shooting of 19 children and two teachers in Texas will need support of its Second Amendment touting senior senator. And John Cornyn tapped as Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's emissary to bipartisan negotiations on gun legislation is feeling the pressure after years of congressional failure to get a bill done. I love the way they write that, as though that was going to, as though any of those things would have actually helped. Right. If the Senate can't agree on legislative response after the killings in Texas, Cornyn said it'll be embarrassing. It would feed the narrative that we can't get things done uh, in the public interest. The 70-year-old uh, former state attorney general told Politico in an interview, "I don't believe that narrative. I believe we can get a bipartisan deal done in the public interest." Uh, Cornyn, uh, frankly, I think, is going to cave on red flag laws. And there are a variety of reasons why those kind of scare me. And we sort of 
touched on it briefly a little uh, a little while ago, but we'll try and uh, get into more detail on that in just a few minutes. Also, I want to point out we got show and tell, and I'm uh, looking at a couple of firearms from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. By the way, before we go to break, before we go to break, uh, this push to get rid of AR-15s. Are you guys seeing very quickly uh, a big push? To buy AR-15s now? Not yet. No. Not yet? No? Not yet. I think you're going to. <laughs> All right, Brian, let's uh, let's take us out. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. It's 50, 50 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you on board. And uh, we have uh, Kelsey and Jordan in for Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, before I get too far along, uh, if you happen to be in Columbia, Missouri... I believe there's a poker run coming up, is there not? Yes. Well, that was like a cue for you to get, give a few, <laughs> wow. few details. Wow, boy, everybody's going to go to that now. She doesn't yes. take a lot of hints, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's actually it's a, a dice run. Um, I assume you're talking about the Guardians Charitable Writing Group's fundraiser that's coming up here June 25th? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Ju- well, wait a minute. Wait, don't, isn't there another one on June 18th? poker run i don't know oh that one i don't know about it says uh, boone county vfw post oh yeah uh, and it's up at uh your facebook page it says poker run vfw post 280 riders uh on ashley street in columbia missouri saturday june 18th 2022 uh there is a, a raffle for a, a 750 fifty dollar gift card a ten dollar ticket you have to register uh Powderhorn Guns and Archery, uh, barbecue games and multiple drawings, follow the run, uh, VFW, uh, vo- uh, uh, contact uh, Ed Miller with questions, and uh, I saw this and thought, well, Kelsey will give us the details. But You said that's on our Facebook page? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like she doesn't know. I don't know. I, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. All right. So which one were you talking about? Well, so ironically enough, um, on June twenty fifth, the Guardians Charitable Writing Group, which is kind of like hooligans and you know all those groups, are doing a benefit um, actually for my uncle. But there will also be firearms raffled. Um, there will be a pork steak dinner. There will be a dice run. If you want to join the biker group and do the dice run, you don't have to though. Um, there's like a gun cabinet. There's all sorts of cool stuff going to be there. And it's at Mo River Pub and Pool. Mo River Pub and Pool. Yep. Where is that? Jade Road, right next to M&L Gunworks. Um, <laughs> if you take I-70 <laughs> East to the Millersburg exit, they're on the south outer road. You cannot miss them. Boy, be, you know what you should do is you put something like that up on the Facebook page. I, I thought I did. I know I did on mine, my personal one. Ah, uh, well. And we have I would, flyers. At I would promote that. Correct. I would. Uh, let me see. What else do we have here? Okay, let's uh, let's move along because well, we have other other stuff to talk about. Uh, I was talking about the AR-15s. You guys said that you're not getting a huge uh, a huge surge in sales uh, demand, uh, but I'm betting that it will pick up as these hearings continue. Uh, but one of the things that I think is going to happen is John Cornyn is going to go with a red flag law. Uh, he'll convince enough Republicans to go along with it, and we will have one. Um, we're always worried that somebody will abuse a red flag law and take someone's firearm 
uh, and make them vulnerable. But come on, what are the odds that uh, that would happen and that they would be attacked and then be unarmed? Pretty slim, no? How many does it take to be a problem? How many people can have their constitutional rights revoked and it be a problem? Well, maybe one, maybe one person, two person, two people, two, oh, two person, <laughs> uh, one, one or two people uh, suffer the consequence of this. But we save uh, dozens of children's lives. <laughs> Hey, look, I'm doing my best. I should be doing this in the voice of Gary the Liberal. <laughs> you, really, you really should. And your question is, uh, so with the red flag laws, which sound, when you just say them, like a lot of things, they sound, well, yeah, I mean, if someone's crazy and someone knows that someone's crazy, you should be able to stop that crazy person from getting a gun or be able to take their guns away for a minute. And on the surface, you're like, well, well I mean, yeah, that sounds good. But how do you do it? Who has the authority to do it? And how long till they have an actual hearing? of some sort, that they can protest it. Um, we started to talk about mental health holds. That happens. We can do that. You know, Law enforcement can do a mental health hold. Mm, this person's crazy, going to hurt themselves, going to hurt somebody else. I can put them somewhere and detain them for a certain amount of time, but it's a very short amount of time. You know, 48 hours is your standard. Usually it ends up being 24, but 48 hours is your standard hold where I can't, you know, I, I can take away their constitutional right to exist and not and be free of search and, illegal search and seizure for 48 hours. After that, if I haven't proven or a doctor hasn't uh, said, yeah, th this person needs to be in care, then they get to go right back to doing what they were doing. Are you going to be able to turn red flags and turn it that quick? Are you going to be able to turn those in 48 hours where they get a hearing, they get uh, official other people to get other, uh, uh, hear other sides of stories and give them a chance to say something about it? Well, will that happen? Well, um you know what if we what if we did what if we you know if they were that much of a threat to society uh, that we uh, held on to them for forty eight hours and uh, did a quick eval and then uh, came back and said I mean would would that work Kelsey maybe sometimes but not all the time because you got to think a lot of these people that have these serious mental health problems are really good at hiding it and have been hiding it for lots of years. So it's kind of, I mean, would it, would even a standard, a, a fast, obviously not drawn out evaluation pull that stuff up? Or would they hide it for the 24 hours and people say, no, they seem fine and move on? And the person you hire to do the eval, do they care? Yeah. Are they, is it their Friday? Are they thinking about going out to the barbecue this weekend? There's so many weaknesses when you have human interaction. It just, it is. All right, let me uh, let me grab a couple of phone calls here, and I will start with Jim. Jim, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary uh, on Guns. Thank you, Gary. Um, I I just you guys have kind of been talking about what I was uh, going to ask or or comment on. One thing, uh, it would be interesting uh, if you had a local psychologist to talk about what the procedures are for uh, declaring someone mentally incompetent and. Uh, because we have laws on the books right now that do that, and I'm just not that familiar with them. I know you mentioned something about this short term, but we're talking about somebody that really is unable to, you know, do their uh, normal bidding in society. And that's what, that's who should not have a gun. And right now, we have laws for that. Apparently, uh, have those disappeared? No, there's actually a question on the form that asks if you've ever been adjudicated mentally defective. Um, 
Okay. It's one of the so it, one of the check marks, you know. Why do I we lie need about new, that all the time. Law? <laughs> why, why do we need a new law? If the society is is looking out for people and already, uh, we don't need a new law. Well, and then we need to get rid of some laws like uh, the gun-free zones at schools and and things like that that are causing a target to be placed on these institutions. Anyway, that's my thought. All right, Jim, thank you for the call. Uh, anybody want to respond any further or shall I move on? Well, there's a, a big thing on that mental health question. Um, you know, have you ever been adjudicated mentally defective? One, their term adjudicated, their, you know, requirements behind it are very vague. Full court. Yeah. Proceeding. Yeah. Judge says you are. Yeah. Not just you institutionalizing yourself for 72 hours. It's going to be tough to write any of this. It, yeah. All right. Show and tells coming up. Your call's coming up. It's Gary on Gun.